You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The 7 Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word 7 Habits. That's the number 7 Habits to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. This is a special guest. Her name is Michelle Tillis Letterman. She's an accomplished speaker, trainer, coach, and author of four books. But we're going to talk about that a little bit more later. She was named by Forbes as one of the 25 professional networking experts to watch. She works with organizations and individuals to help them build relationships for greater results through her company, Executive Essentials. A few of her clients include, you know, Madison Square Garden, City, Johnson and Johnson, Ernst and Young, and many, many others. So, I want to welcome Michelle to the show. Happy to be here. How are you? I am great. You have been hunkered down because what most people don't know, just diving into this podcast here, is that you're about to get very. You got a very exciting thing going on right now. You're about to release a book. Can you? Tell us just a little bit about that book. Don't spill the popcorn in the lobby. Just give us a quick intro of what you're working on, and then we're going to unpack that a little bit more. The title of the book is The Connector's Advantage, Seven Mindsets to Grow Your Influence and Impact. And I felt compelled to write it because I want everybody out there to get that advantage. And you know, we met, geez, I don't know, it was probably a year ago, maybe, or more. More. Probably more than a year ago. And you were you were writing the book, but you hadn't quite got it finished yet. And I know there's a lot that goes on in putting all that together and editing and publishing and all that. I am happy and honored to say that, you know, I'm super excited because we collaborated a little bit on this book and I contributed a teeny amount to the book as it relates to LinkedIn and the whole connector concept. And so, you know, I really appreciate you having me and letting me be involved in it. I'm super excited for the launch. I'm glad you're here today. So let's just kind of dive in a little bit. But before we do that, you know, give us a really quick backdrop about maybe you and your business. Take a minute or two, talk a little bit about that. And then we're going to unpack the whole concept of why and how being a connector can help you grow your bottom line. Okay. Sounds good. Perfect. Well, if you want to go back really far with me, I am a recovering CPA. I actually spent 10 years in the finance industry. I was one of the only women on the trading floor. I was one of the only women on a global venture capital team. So I come out of a heavy finance background in my own business for over 15 years now. So did a real big switch. (laughs) My mission now is really about helping individuals and organizations communicate to connect because relationships makes such a difference in everything in our lives, right? We'll focus on the business side of it, but it also affects your health. It also affects your happiness. It affects your job satisfaction, your productivity, your ability to get the promotion, to get the sale, to get the lead, to land the client. All it, It's everything. <laughs> yeah. And, and so 
coming from a finance background, right? I mean, you know, that's a, I'm sure there's an entire story around that. And we could probably do a 20 minute podcast on that alone or longer, but I find that really interesting. So what, just the only question I'm going to ask about that is why the big shift? Why the big pivot? I mean, you were in corporate. It sounds like you had a pretty good, you know, a pretty good gig going on there. Why pivot to be an entrepreneur? Uh, it was never my plan or intention. My dad, who's an entrepreneur, my sister who's an entrepreneur, they would always say, work for yourself and you'll, you know, you'll never work. You know, th- that whole mindset around there's no limits, there's no walls, there's no boss. And I thought, you know what? I like leaving it at the office and I like having a vacation. <laughs> I-, I have the worst boss. I might have no boss. I have the worst boss. I'm a slave driver. And I think the reason is because my heart wasn't in finance, which is why it was very easy to leave it there. It didn't connect to my passion, to my my being. Whereas now I really have a hard time differentiating between who I am and what I do. Perfect. Perfect. No, I love that. So before we dive into the the meat and potatoes, we're gonna I'm gonna ask you a question. I like to get a little bit micro into your business. And your business is what it's called executive essentials, right? Yes. Okay. I want to dive a little bit micro into your business. You've been an entrepreneur for 15 years. If you had to pick and de- define and, and share one strategy, the number one strategy that you're using today to get new customers, to get new clients, I probably know the answer, but <laughs> I need you to share it with me. What would it be if you had to pick one? I have always been a referral-based business. And anytime somebody comes to me, and right now I'm actually getting leads off the internet, which is always shocking to me. Because I always ask whenever somebody reaches out to inquire about my services, my speaking, whatever it might be, I say, how did you hear about me? And then I always make sure to go back to the person who referred me and thank them. And it's a reason to reconnect with them and put me back in the front of their mind because they're already remembering me and thinking of me and talking to me and sending people to me. Well, I want them to keep doing that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I'm not surprised at that. Obviously, you know, you're a connector. You know, I think by nature, and we're going to unpack that a little bit. We talked a little bit early on when you and I first met how I'm a bit of an introvert, right? So I'm not a big natural networker and how LinkedIn became that mode, that medium for me, because it didn't require me to go out to a ton of networking events. It didn't require me to do a lot of that. So, so I thought that was really interesting, particularly about, you know, the differences between introverts and extroverts and and you might unpack that a little bit, but I don't want to get down the rabbit hole too far because I really, oh, really I go ahead. have to say something. I need go to ahead. disabuse you of the idea that just because you're an introvert means you're not a natural networker. I know you told me that before. <laughs> I'm, like, just, I'm like, no, 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 we cannot go past that because I don't want your listeners out there to think, well, if they're introverts, that this is not their natural skill. You're so wrong. I would say that introverts have an edge when it comes to connecting. It is a natural skill for them to be great listeners. And that's a huge part of connection. And you're also better in the one-on-one. You don't have to go to huge networking events to be a connector. Some of the best connectors I know are introverts. And actually, Matthew Pollard, who has a podcast called The Introvert's Edge, and Jimmy Masters and Sarah Granger are three introverts who all contributed to the book because they're master connectors. You want to know what's really funny? I don't know if you remember, but I'm the one who connected you with Matthew um, Pollard. I did remember. <laughs> <laughs> so see that being a connector pays and you're you're seeing it firsthand and you're hearing it firsthand, I should hear should say here on the podcast. So hey, listen, I want to dive right in here. You're gonna unpack for us how being a connector can directly impact your bottom line as a business. And you were gonna go through a couple of couple of strategies and tips that, you know, we're gonna just kind of peel back the cover of the book a little bit, but if they want to get a lot deeper, then obviously you're gonna 
give them an opportunity to do that later on. But can you unpack that for us? Give us a little bit of a framework how my listeners can leverage being a connector to help grow their business, just like you have. Well, first, I want you to recognize that it's not just my anecdotal. There's research behind it and statistics behind it. 92% of consumers trust a product or a service from a recommended source. And if you are referred to a business, you're four times more likely to buy. So if you are thinking about growing your business and growing your bottom line, those recommendations and those referrals will amplify exponentially that bottom line. Totally agree. And, you know, trust trumps everything. When you look at some statistics of companies like Netflix and even Spotify, their valuations are, I think, five to 10 times more earnings per whatever those acronyms are. I left my finance life behind me (laughs) than their competitors because they are relationship based. You think about the stores that you interact with. There are stores that or or companies that you despise that you will never work with. It doesn't matter what good deal they have. It doesn't matter what great product they put out. I will tell you for me, it's a phone, a cell phone company. I don't care what the deal is. Never, ever, ever will they get my business again. So there is huge relationship associations at every micro level, right? How we answer the phone, what the customer service experience is like, what is it like to do a return? What is it like to walk in? What is it like when somebody is contacting you via your website? What is the experience? Because each one of those creates a mood memory around what it's like to work with your organization. And it's either going to have a positive impact on your bottom line or it's going to have a negative one. It's rarely neutral. Yeah, I can can definitely see that. So why don't you lead us through this a little bit in regards to how maybe, you know, someone that's listening can take this concept of being a connector or the connector's advantage and start applying it a little bit to their business. So the advantage is simply this. Connectors get results faster, easier, better. So if you are looking for something within your business, maybe you need a new vendor, a new supplier, you want a certain type of customer, you're trying to grow something, whatever it is, it's not always about landing the sale. There's a lot of things that we need in our business, whether it's uh, funding or you know space. Right? I actually wanted to run a public program. and I had to think about like, I don't have an office in New York City, but I have a lot of friends that do. <laughs> right. Um, and, and that's the idea is I, if I was not a connector, my task would be, okay, let's call hotels and let's do some research and let's figure out what the best, most cost effective thing is. Well, instead I talked to a bunch of people who worked in large firms and asked them if they had conference room space that I could barter. If they, they would send two or three people to their program and I'd get the space for free. And I had like three or four companies lining up to do that. <laughs> Nice. No, that's a, so that's a perfect example. So that's an example of how being a connector gets you results faster, easier, better, because better, I didn't have to pay for it. And the space was fabulous. Um, And I got more butts and chairs, which is also a better result because the more people that were in there, the more dynamics and the more connections that could occur. So that is what the advantage is. Now, how do, how do you do it? Well, really it's having a certain mindset, right? The book talks about seven and we're not going to go into all seven of these mindsets, but it's an approach to people and approach to the way in which you interact and do business. You prioritize the relationship and not always what your end goal is and understand that that end goal happens as a result of this way of interacting. So one thing that you guys can do out there to prioritize relationships is to think about where there is time, because that's the biggest complaint I get from people. I don't know about you, Dennis, but there's just not enough time in the day, right? 
Yeah. Having, you know, networking calls and coffee with everybody and doing all these different networking, it just doesn't seem like there's enough time. It's not realistic to say yes to everybody. And one of the other experts in the book, Dory Clark, does something that I think is fabulous. I call them Dory dinners because she can't have coffee, as you said, or lunch or a phone call with every single person that's reaching out and all the people that she wants to stay in touch with. So instead, she'll invite 20 to 25 people to a dinner. Everybody pays their own way, but then she's connecting with everybody and she's making connections for everybody else. So now when they're together, she's also front of mind because you remember how you got connected. So thinking about how to be efficient with maintaining your connections, but in a connected way, it's not like, oh, I'll see you at this conference and and not really spend time with somebody. You're at a more intimate setting. Yeah, I love that example. As a matter of fact, I mean, I absolutely love that example. I mean, I would go so far as in some of my previous businesses, I probably would have paid the bill for everybody to get that audience in the same room, right? And to have that mind share and opportunity. So no, I, I love that example. That's a great example of how to strategically network and connect in a way that could have a great ROI for everybody. Yeah. And you know, it's not always realistic for people out there to think, oh yeah, I can buy dinner for 20 people. And so I don't want that to be a deterrent to look for these efficient ways to nurture your network. I also think you have time in your schedule that is underutilized. Now I'm all for downtime. Don't get me wrong when it's downtime and that's what you're intending it to be, then let it be. But I don't find commuting time to be downtime. It's not relaxing. So I might as well use that time. And that's a great time to do a quick phone call, to send a few emails, to even do the commute with somebody like, hey, let's meet on the train tracks and we can commute back together and and catch up. And so it's found time. I know that I am in food coma after lunch. That's also a great time (laughs) for me. (laughs) I know it's not just me, but I just get exhausted after I eat. And, you know, I need like another 45 minutes for it to like actually digest so I actually get my energy back. That's a time I'll always put a phone call because it's relaxing for me and I can really just enjoy that conversation and not feel like there's something else I should be doing and not rushing through it. Also, there's, oh, I love this statistic. So if you were to guess, they did research between nine and five, Monday through Friday, every hour of the day in terms of productivity. What do you think was the least productive hour of the work week? Hmm. So between nine and five during the work week, what is the least productive time? Is that the question? Yep. What day, what uh, time? Friday for sure. Mm-hmm. And I would say anytime after lunch. <laughs> Friday from four to 5 p.m. is the least productive hour of the work week. For sure. So, I mean, you, you were going straight for it. It's obvious. Nobody's doing anything from four to five, but waiting for that clock. It's kind of like when I was in grammar school and we got out at 3.05 you know, you're just watching the clock waiting for the bell to ring. <laughs> That's what Fridays at four o'clock are feeling like. So you know you're not getting any real work done. That's a great time to have a coffee. That's a great time to reconnect, have a phone call, send some emails. You're not doing anything else with that time anyway. No, you're 100% right. I mean, there are times like, for example, I don't schedule anything on my schedule afternoon on Fridays, but it doesn't mean I'm not working. It doesn't mean I'm not in the office. It doesn't mean I'm not active. It just means that I don't want to have it pre-planned, but there are tons of opportunities in there where if I just spent 30 minutes, I could reconnect with people that I've been meaning to reconnect with for days or weeks or months, right? So it's real simple to kind of steal back that time if you're strategic. I like that. And I also want people to think about those, as you call them, weaker ties, those connections that we may not be up with all the time. But like the other day, I knew that somebody in my network's significant other was ill. And I just, she came into my mind. 
Now, I'm sure that happens to a lot of people out there. Somebody pops into their mind and then you let that thought fly back out and you do nothing with it. What I want you to do is do something with it. What I did is I actually went on Facebook Messenger because I know that's where she lives. And I sent a note saying, thinking about you, hope your man's doing well. Just something like that. She was on and she immediately replied and and we had a like a five minute exchange and that was that. And the idea that you just said, I'm thinking about you, I care, I'm sending you a note. It's kind of like that ghost hug. You can't feel it, but it's there. <laughs> yeah. And you know what, what, what the first thing that came to mind when you said that was something that we had talked about, you know, think when we first met and we talked even before we hit play today was, you know, the concept here of being a real genuine, authentic connector is to focus on relationships over transactions. Because I think that's one of the things that people get wrong when it comes to networking. They think it's speed dating, right? They think it's, you know, hey, what's in it for me? And, you know, and I think that 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 attitude is part of the problem why people don't, number one, why they get turned off by networking. Number two, why they don't get results from networking. I mean, can you talk about that a little bit? Because I think what you just shared with us was a perfect example of you focusing on the relationship, not the transaction. You need to show that you care about the person, not care about your goal. And when you are transactional, you're really focused on your numbers, your goals, your data, your bottom line. And that, by the way, one of the mindsets of a connector is to have a clear vision, to know what you want and to know how to ask for it. I'm all for that, but not all for that all the time. So it isn't the first thing we're thinking. It isn't the last thing we're thinking. It is just something that we are thinking along the course of the, the exchange. So if we're just waiting for our chance to say, here's how you can help me. Here's what I need. Here's what I'm trying to do. And you're not really present in the exchange. People feel that. So if you really want to think about your bottom line, your results, don't think about what you can get from the person. Think about building the relationships that you like. Because I will tell you, some of my best clients came from people who I used to, well, I used to drink with in business school. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Uh, You know, it, it wasn't like I was going to business school thinking, okay, these people are later in my life going to do these things for me. But because I really enjoyed those friendships and those relationships, and even if I only see them once a year or connect with them on social media on occasion, there was such a foundation in the relationship that when I said, hey, I'm starting this business, and my friend worked for the MoMA, and the MoMA became one of my earliest clients. Yeah, that's really funny because I have still have some really amazing relationships from you know my college days. But one of my, I will be dead honest, I don't know if I ever shared this with you, but one of my biggest regrets is not staying in touch with more of those people that I was connected with in college. You know, life happens and you start your career and you start as an entrepreneur and you, and unfortunately you just lose track. But, you know, I, I think that that's a really interesting point because I, that's one of my biggest regrets is not staying in touch with some of those people just for the relationship, regardless of where it would have led in business. Okay. So, so here's your personal challenge. And I'm sure everybody out there who's relating to what you just said, I'm giving you all the same challenge. Pick three, three names of people who you went to college with, you went to camp with, you went to high school with, I don't care, that you've lost touch with, that you 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 still think about, that you still wish you were in touch with. It doesn't matter if they're in their industry, your field, have anything to do with your business. It doesn't matter. You don't know who they're friends with. You don't know who their neighbor is. You don't know who they're married to. It doesn't matter. Think about the people you want to stay connected to. And then I want you to reach out. I don't care how you reach out. It can be on LinkedIn or Facebook or Insta or whatever the social media platform of your pleasure is, it can be by phone. It could be by mail, right? Maybe there's a reunion coming up. 
but reach out and say, it's been too long. It's so funny. Yeah, no, that that's that's such a great idea. And I tell you, I, I don't know if you read my mind or you've got access to my journal or you look at my calendar, you've got somehow hacked into my system here. But it's really <laughs> funny. I sit down at the beginning, you know, we're at the beginning of the year here and you know, you sit down and you put goals and targets and things together. And this year, one of my goals, I do five business goals and five personal goals. Okay. And one of the personal goals that I had was I made a list of about four or five people that I haven't talked to in a really long time that I want to reconnect with. And the only goal was to reconnect with them. And so that's, I mean, I can't believe that you pulled that out of thin air, but you know, maybe you should become a mind reader. (laughs) So perfect. No, I think that's a great challenge for anybody that's, that, you know, can relate to what we were just talking about there. So, well, listen, is there anything else you want to chat about or you want to share with us or you want to add to the concept of, I know there's a ton, I'm sure there's a, we could spend hours on this, but is there anything you'd like to leave the audience with here in regards to this being a connector and how it can help you drive your business before we ask a couple more questions and we'll wrap it up? Yes, I could go on for hours. This is kind of (laughs) what I, what I live and breathe. Yeah, I know. Uh, (laughs) What I would say to people is don't sell yourself short recognize that there is always value to add. And when you have the thought, act on it. The good thoughts, don't act on the bad ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you got to delete those emails. You can write them, but you got to delete them. Yeah. All right, don't, perfect. Don't anybody the two line. <laughs> awesome. Listen, thank you so much. Well, listen, these next two questions, we're going to do rapid fire. The first one is, what is your favorite growth tool or software that you use to grow your business? If you had to pick one. Well, I mean, this seems a little bit silly saying this to you, but I love LinkedIn. <laughs> Doesn't seem silly at all because it's my go-to. So I love it. LinkedIn is my go-to as well. That's the platform I, I prefer. I'm sure in your show notes, they'll have my LinkedIn link, yep. I guess. We definitely will. We'll have, we'll have a, yep, we'll have um, a link to your profile. I love everybody to connect with me there. That's where I like to live and breathe. Perfect. And one last thing, besides your book, The Connector's Advantage, what's one book that you would recommend to my audience? Well, one of my favorites is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It is one that I have to remind myself often of habit number five. Well, actually, really habit number seven. Habit number five is one of my favorites that I teach. Habit number seven, which is sharpen your saw, is one that I have to constantly remind myself of, but it's a great book. Perfect. Well, hey, listen, Michelle, it's been fantastic. I wish we had more time, but we're going to wrap it up for today. Do us a favor, let everybody know how they can connect with you, learn a little bit more about your book. I know you have like a special offer or something that you're doing here in pre-launch because the book hasn't released yet. Why don't you tell them a little bit about that and then we'll wrap it up. Sure. The book, The Connector's Advantage comes out May, May, March, March 5th. And if you go to theconnectorsadvantage.com, you will see that there's all sorts of pre-order bonuses depending on how many you buy. And I kind of telling people like to use it as a BOGO buy one, gift one. And it's a great way to reconnect with somebody by giving them a gift of the book. So there's little deals for how many you buy. If you want to connect with me, easiest way is just to go to my website, which is Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, Tillis, T-I-L-L-I-S, Letterman, L-E-D-E-R-M-A-N.com. And from there, you can get to my LinkedIn, my Twitter, my Facebook. You can get to my blog. You can get to my YouTube channel. I do little video tips what else? You you can find me. So find me, connect with me. I look forward to it. Love it. Hey, listen, I'll make sure I include all those links in the show notes. Really appreciate you being here. Thanks again for allowing me to be a part of this journey with this new book. And I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Thanks for having me. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. 
Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.